Hello, and welcome to Boss Talks, a weekly podcast where we chat with the bosses of the multifamily industry. Who are these bosses? They might be a manager of many, a leader with no title, or just passionate about what they do. Join our host, Evan Happel, Director of Marketing at Community Boss, as he talks with this week's guest. Welcome, everybody. This is Boss Talks, episode 15. I'm really excited today to have Amber Smalls. She's from the great state of Georgia, the Atlanta area, and she works in student housing as a regional manager. She's been in the industry for quite some time, but I really would like to hear from her and her story, so I'm going to add her to the show. Nice. Amber, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from you and where you've been and how you've gotten to where you are and even personal stuff, like whatever you want to share. Personal stuff. Personally, I'm a mom of, I've birthed two children. So I have two babies. They're not babies. They're 16 and 17. And I have two stepchildren as well, 17 and 18. Personally, it's crazy, busy, loud, rambunctious in my life. We also have two dogs, but super fun and they're amazing. But certainly I think you're referring to where I've been before property management. I was a news reporter for a few years. So I went to school at Mississippi State and got a degree in broadcast journalism and started while I was in school interning at a local CBS station and did a little bit of that after. So that was a different life but just as hectic as property management, believe it or not. And that was your mission was to be in that world, right? You went to school for it. You obviously got internships and your making in leading up to that was to do that for a career. So what what did you experience that I'm going to do something? Life hits you hard. (laughs) Yeah, I did it and I loved it, but I made beans is what I tell people. So I was starting out. So you're not making a ton. You're making entry level money. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I remember graduating college and there, I have some colleagues that I worked with that are still friends today, or we keep up with each other on Facebook. But the weekend I graduated from Mississippi State, the news director brought me into the office. And at that point I was part-time. I was reporting on the weekends and then I'd fill in during the weeks as needed. And he brought me in to offer me a full-time position um, during the week. I was very excited. a year salary was my first job out of college there. So it was lovely and amazing. And I worked a lot of long hours salaried, my friend. And so I wasn't getting any extra pay for that. And then I became a mother and the hours and, and, you know, the minimal pay didn't work. And I had a Mm. friend in Starkville that worked as a leasing agent. And he said, we're looking for a leasing manager. You should totally apply. And I did. And I loved it. And the rest is history. That's how it goes. How long were you doing reporting? About three years. Yeah. Okay. So what was your favorite part of it? Even though it didn't pay super well and all that. And you know what? I'll be honest. My parents were integral in that because I said, I don't, I was in tears. I'm like, I don't know if you can afford life on this. I'm not really sure. I'm just, I'm in college, but this doesn't seem like enough. And they said, do what you want to do. Do what you love to do. And the rest we'll figure out. So they were the reason why I went ahead and did it. But I loved the fast pacedness. Every day wasn't the same. And -hmm. every day wasn't fast paced. Let's be honest. It was Columbus, Mississippi. So some days were slower than others. But I love that it was different. And I love that I met different people. And oddly enough, that's also 
why I love property management is your days are not the same. Even though you do the same tasks across the board, your days are going to be different. And if you are familiar with student housing, turn is like a, a marathon. It's this pressure cooker, two week situation where you have to meet 8 million goals. And it's really about the prep work, but that really brought me to the same things I loved about being in broadcast journalism. Every day I got an assignment the day I went in, usually my news director would say, this is your story for the day. And I had complete, I had to reach out for sources, set up interviews, write the story, edit the story, sometimes do a live shot. You had to do all of that in one single day, unless it was an ongoing story, then sometimes it would go past it. I liked the idea of having to get something done, something accomplished, bring something to fruition in this really short time frame. So it, it's the same as in property management in, in some cases. Definitely yeah. student housing terms, for sure. And I've learned quite a bit about student housing recently. I've had a number of guests that have been from that world, and it's been really awesome to learn more because I'm familiar with multifamily, the more yeah. conventional side. And the more I've talked to some of our customers and you and others, it's just opened my eyes to, oh, there's some definite differences. There are differences. I worked in, I've done a couple of short stints in multifamily and it definitely, there's pros and cons to both. But I would say that the turn is really, and you're leasing everything. I'm leasing all year to get everybody in at one time. I'm, I'm, right. I start my leasing actually now for some of my sites for move-ins that don't start until next August. So that's those are the big pressure points. But multifamily, listen, it's constant. You don't get a break. At least we get a short break in there, but you guys are constantly turning over month. And that's also a challenge. They do have their different challenges. But gosh, the idea of having everything happen in a month, minus a month, less than a month, that's crazy. You have to be crazy to 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 want to do it and stay around. Yeah. We might all be a little, just a little bit insane. Yeah. I don't know if insane's the right word. <laughs> yeah. So right now you're working for Redstone Residential Redstone and Residential. you're a regional for them. Yes. How did you get to where you are and who, who were able in helping you get to where Ooh. you are? That's such a good question. How did I get here? It's, I've been in property management for almost 18 years. So <laughs> there's a lot of how did I get here is that I've worked in a lot of different markets and moved around. So the short story is I've, I've worked for some really amazing companies and some really amazing players in this game, but mostly being willing to take on the challenges and move around is how I've continued to be able to grow. But ultimately, Redstone, I feel like has been a, a great, I call it partnership, right? You work for them, they work for you, it works for everybody. But it's been a it's been a great experience. I've been with Redstone for almost a year and it goes into my boundaries and whatnot mm -hmm. is that in setting those things up for yourself is what I've what's attracted me there is the growth potential, but also the fact that they really respect and understand that outside of property management, outside of our jobs, I have a life, I have a family, and and they're very cognizant of that and supportive of everything that everyone does outside of work. So I love that. So, oh, that's yeah. great. I know you're in some Facebook groups. One of them we actually stream to. That's the official apartment management and maintenance support group. What I see a common theme is a lot of people not feeling like they can take time off. I think it obviously is dependent on what company you work for too. And I think something to be aware of is if you're doing well, you can move to other parts of the industry. 
whether that's the vendor side or another company. And so if Agreed. somebody's not treating you really well, it's easy. There's, there's an opportunity. As long as you're putting yourself out there networking and doing well, I think there's a great opportunity. I think you're right. And so this is what I've grown, but I'm older and I've been doing this for a while and it took me a while to get to this. So when I started on my career, I was working late, growing in early, working on weekends, taking PTO, but taking my laptop and doing the work or yeah. missing moments with my children or not going on trips with them and they going with my family because it was month in or it was the beginning of the month or it was leasing mm. season or whatever. There's going to be a million reasons why you should stay plugged into work. There is always a reason. There's a hundred things. I should be plugged in right now. There's, right. there's always a reason, but you have to reset and refresh yourself. So what I've tried to do over time and teach myself to do is what are my parameters? What are my non-negotiables when I'm looking at a new position and looking at a new partnership with the company? And does it fit that? Do their ideals fit that? And if they don't, it doesn't work for me or for you. So for mm -hmm. instance, I said I have four teenagers and earlier on in my career, even though there were some times that I went after it too, that I wanted to move up, I want to do things. But if it was a situation where there was going to be high travel and my kids were four and five, I, I don't have the opportunity to do it because I want to be there for those little moments. They won't be four and five again. Now they're right. older. And so I can take advantage of that. But what does that look like? How much travel can I take? How much being away mm -hmm. from them can I take? What are the things that are most important to you and find your place and environment that works? And then also set up the boundaries. Answer, even though our emails are on our phone, do you have to answer the yeah. email as soon as it comes in? Things like, like that. Right. It makes a difference in our mental health and right. really how you're able to perform when you are back at work. If you're on PTO, take the PTO. It'll be there right. when you get back. Will. <laughs> or someone else who is actually working can take care of it while you're away. So you have to find that happy medium, but you have to give people the time to refresh themselves. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes it's an opportunity to let somebody else shine in your absence. If you've trained up certain people, then they should be able to take a little off of you. Listen, so you mentioned and you asked me and now it's coming to me that I didn't even answer it. You asked me who's been integral and I could name like a million people. But I'll say this. Roger Dixon is, was one of my first RMs in this business. And my friend Roger said to me years ago, I wasn't a CM yet. I was ACM. I was looking to move up. And there was not a clear succession path. Right. So if you move into the CM role, who's going to do your job? And I've heard that a million times related to myself or other people. What is the succession plan? Are you getting the next person ready to take your spot so that you can easily grow and move? He asked me, did I know certain things? Like I did not know how to do AP and AR. And I go, oh yeah, I can do receivables, but I never touched the payables. Or do you know how to do month in? Like certain integral things mm -hmm. as I was moving from an ACM to CM. And I said, no, the last manager just never showed me. If I asked her, she said, well, if you do that, if I teach you, what will they need me for? And he said, don't be that person. If you don't teach or train your team, how can you ever get time away? How do you ever get growth potential if you haven't trained your replacement? So don't think of training your replacement as it literally being the person that takes your job away. They're the person to take your place so that you can continue to grow. So right. that's something that stuck with me. Roger Dixon, first and foremost, there's a lot of little gems that he gave me, but that was definitely one. And then I've carried that. So there's countless team players that I've worked with. And my idea was 
train them for the next level, whether or not it got me growth, did it get them growth? I love that about what I do. And that was before I was an REM. That was on the CM level over and over again. It's a type of growth. I mean, it's being able to make others better and to be a good leader. I think that's being a good leader. Like you can't, otherwise it's like just telling people what to do, but if you're never helping them Mm -hmm. get better too, it's like, that's not benefiting them. And, and it it feels good to make other people better. It makes your job easier if you want to look at it selfishly. But overall, if my overall goal is for the company, if I want Redstone to do well, and I want the site that uh, any particular site to do well, then every player on that team has to excel at what they're doing. So that's my job is to help you excel because we all win. Right. Yeah. That's the right attitude. Some days it's harder than others, right? But that's the overall goal. When it comes to this topic and having boundaries and setting other people up for success so that you can take time off, is there anything else that you've learned along the way that are very important lessons that maybe others need to hear regarding that? I also have had to teach myself when to say no to things. And I think that's a hard one, especially if you want to, you want development. You want growth, but take on what you can take on, right? So if you truly can't commit to more, don't take on more. Because what I've seen happen is sometimes people will take on a task position that they're not fully ready for, and they don't have the resources when they go into it. And then they don't succeed in that role. And then everyone says, or the result is sometimes they get terminated, Mm. or they get demoted or removed from a position. And I think sometimes that's not knowing when to turn something down or not take on additional tasks. That one's hard. Um, I think understanding that saying no to a task, a job, an initiative doesn't mean that you can't be available for the next thing. And it certainly shouldn't put you in a position where you're not considered for anything in the future. If I'm working for a company or working in a group or setting where my saying, I don't know if I can take on that right now, or can I do that after I complete this item, if that now looks as if I'm not compliant or I'm not pliable or I'm not helpful, then I probably am in the wrong room or or in the wrong company, right? right? So I think you have, again, have a good understanding of what you can do and then also have a good understanding of what you aren't able to do and be able to communicate that as well. I think that's helpful. It is helpful. I see here listed also some other influential people, Micah Spicer and Jen Cassidy uh, are two people that you had mentioned before that were very influential, pivotal in your development and your growth. I think so. And again, I've been around so long, I'm aging myself that there's so many that I couldn't name everyone. And then some of the people that have been influential to me actually worked for me. They were under me. So I have a ton of those too. Um, that, yeah, that some still work in the industry, some don't. Abigail Matsuyama was amazing. She helped me be able to really focus myself and know that I couldn't do it on myself. And whatever I can't do, I need to have somebody, when I'm recruiting or when I'm grooming my team, I need to have somebody who compliments the things that I don't excel in. So if I'm great at marketing and leasing, I need somebody that's amazing on the maintenance of the operations side, right? right. Things of that nature. But Micah was a regional for me a few years back when I was with Asset Living okay. as a CM in downtown Atlanta 
on a beast of a property. It was all the things that you could ever have that you had to work through on a site. And when I was taking on my role at Redstone, when I was deciding to come aboard, I called him and told him, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And what advice do you have as I go into an RM role? He's now a VP on the multifamily side. So he jumped ship um, on us and went over to the dark side, or maybe we're the dark side on student. I'm not really 100% sure. But but I called him for advice. And something that he said is what he did for me as an RM. And he said, do that for your team. And I hope that I'm doing it, but I will continue to try to, is that my property that I was on had every challenge you could ever say. A lot of day-to-day challenges. Every day Mm -hmm. there was a resident issue, outside influences, there's homelessness downtown Atlanta. So you're dealing with outside things, crime in the immediate area right outside the door. So every day there was something that took a lot of my time or my team's time. And Micah said to me on the days that I knew that you, and I'm going to cry even, that I knew that you were having a difficult day I tried to take off your plate, but I could so that you didn't have a bad time and so that you could get it done. So if it was a report and I didn't have the time because I was dealing with a theft that happened or talking to the police or dealing with a resident, he would jump in without my asking and take care of it for me. And I feel like if I didn't have him as an RM on that site, I would quit. I would be doing something else. Maybe I go back to, to news reporting. Or maybe I'm at home being a dog mom for the rest of my life. I don't know. (laughs) But that was such a, that was something that I don't think that, and as an RM, you don't always have the time to jump in. The overall overreaching idea was be a help, be a support where you can. That's it. And that was what he taught me. That it had nothing to do with more financials or how to be a, a leasing guru. It was just the humanness of what he tried to do as an RM. So I love that. Yay. Love you, Micah. Bye. I'm done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so great. It's so great to look back and think about the people that have been so hopeful and impactful in our yes. careers and in our lives. Cause obviously it goes beyond your professional, like you being professionally impacted yeah. that hit yeah. you personally obviously it did uh, it did and it meant a lot to you so that's really awesome that you had that person in in your journey and it helped obviously he helped you stay here so he did i was <laughs> out i was going away and then he said no don't do that i'll just help you out so it was very helpful one of my amazing i told you about team members that i've worked with that may not have been my bosses, but that have really influenced me. Sarah Slife is on and she oh. works for Campus Advantage and she is absolutely amazing. She was one of my residents in Auburn, wow. And true story, <laughs> she moved in and we had electronic locks, Schlage locks. And if anybody's ever used Oh, I don't even remember. And maybe I shouldn't say the product. So I'll keep that out. Somebody okay. might work for them. <laughs> I couldn't make the lock on her front door work. She lived in a two bedroom. She had a roommate and she moved in and her lock at the front door would not lock y'all. She was on the second floor. Couldn't. We tried it every day forever to reprogram this electronic lock. And when I tell you she was the sweetest, kindest, most forgiving 
resident <laughs> that I've ever had in my life. It's okay. And every day, like clockwork, I come up with the machine and put it up to the door and try to reprogram it to make it work. Eventually, we figured it out, right? It was just definitely an issue with the lock itself. But when we had an opening, I said, she's she's got to come work with us. <laughs> she needs a job. And from here, she started out as a part-time leasing agent and moved to full-time and became my assistant manager and wow. now is in a corporate role with Campus Advantage. She's, she's traveled and lived in different markets. She's been amazing. So that's one of those, to me, stories where I go. And she's one of the people that I have a lot of people who've worked for me that I will reach out to when I have questions or when I need something. She's definitely an industry leader now, so I'm super excited. But yay, she's, she is that's just so giving us a shout. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I'm so happy she jumped on. Me too. But to be able to see somebody that was literally a resident and become a part of your team and then succeed, that's just so fun to be able to be a part of somebody else's It is. She uh, said, thank success. goodness her lock was broken. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still so sorry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, but if it didn't happen, I mean, you wouldn't have spent so much time together. It's true. It's very true. And we spent, unfortunately for her, we spent quite a bit of time together over the years. That's funny. Okay. You have me crying and now, you know, I was already sick and now I'm like waterworks. Well, this is what makes good TV. I'm just kidding. <laughs> LinkedIn lives, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm glad you're able to like really think about and reminisce on the people that have been so impacted, impacting in your life. Uh -huh. This has been great fun. Veronica says you're so supportive and great encouragement. And I believe that. I think that's probably very true. I genuinely love seeing other people do well. And if I can help them in any way do that, I sure will. And um, so. I'm going to give you encouragement before we go or okay. for your podcast. This is in instruction or just a little tip that I got my first live shot when okay. I was a reporter and the live shot I was doing was like at a city council meeting in Columbus, Mississippi. And I don't remember the guy's name, but the mayor was a former reporter at the same station as me. So he knew what I was doing. Right. And so I was about to interview him live from a city council meeting. Just think about how boring that was. And he <laughs> said to me, are you nervous? Of course I am. And he said, yes, I am. I don't know what to do. And he said, just remember this when you're doing a live shot. If the environment, if the background is super hectic, you have to be a little bit more calm. If, mm. if it's super boring, you have to make it exciting. So you need to be the opposite of what's behind you. Interesting. So there's that. I don't know if that helps you though, because it's just you and another person. I'm throwing yeah. that out there anyway, right? Yeah. No, I appreciate any feedback. I truly want to know like how they how people are liking it. They're um, loving it. Yeah. I appreciate awesome. that. All right. This is when I like to ask it's just a few questions oh, to Jesus. kind of wrap it up. Okay. And they're hard hitting questions. Okay. Hard hitting. Yes. I'm not prepared, but I am um, because I've seen your podcast. Otherwise. Okay, let's go. Being that we are called Community Boss as a company, and I just have a love for building community, I would love to know how you either personally or professionally build community through your life, through the Ooh. things you do. I should have been prepared, but I'm not. How do I build community? 
listen, I think probably with work, I should do some things in my personal life to build community, but I don't. Maybe not as much as I should. I think I I think my my calling, if you will, or what I strive to do in my job or as a professional is to build people up and to train and support. Even in my role now, it's my support for my team. And I think that building community by getting people the resource or being a resource for them, that's how I build community. I'm going to go with that. I'm sticking with that. Final answer. Perfect. Next question. If you were going to make a meal for somebody else at your home, you bring in somebody over to have dinner, what would you make for them? All the things because I... I'm okay of a cook, but mostly, ooh, what's my favorite? Probably gumbo. Gumbo. All right. I do enjoy gumbo. Yeah, I think I do all right. All right. Is your gumbo spicy? Yes, because I'm from Texas originally. I like a lot of spice. It's probably going to make me sick after because I'm old. But listen, okay, I'm sorry anybody that's from New Orleans. I don't use, I use Koneka sausage. So Years ago, I lived in Auburn. I loved it. Alabama's amazing. And the best thing to come out of Alabama is Koneka sausage. So if you haven't had it, look it up. It's great. And so I sub in Koneka. Koneka sausage. sausage. What's the quote unquote appropriate sausage for gumbo? I don't even know. Andouille. Andouille. Okay. I probably use whatever's at the grocery store here. like a... Just like smoked sausage? Yeah. Probably. No, that's not going to do it. No. All right. It's not get... spicy. Okay. I'll have to get a recipe. For... Okay. Yeah. The trick is the roux. And sometimes I'm not that great at the roux, but if I'm not doing a good job, I'll just grab my 16 year old daughter. and She's actually <laughs> a better cook than me and I'll have her do it. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. usually how it goes in this house. Nice. All right. And then final question. This is very important because we're from Seattle up here and we are the coffee capital of. Oh boy. Probably the world. Um, what is your favorite coffee drink? Okay. So I've listened to your past couple and the responses were that they weren't really coffee people. Okay. And I'm so sorry to say that I'm not necessarily a coffee person either. But, All right. but oh, my husband's on and he said I'm a great cook. That's right. Babe. Oh. I spent a little time in, in Oregon okay. and I tried Dutch Bros. It's like over a year ago. Oh, yeah. And I think Dutch Bros, they have a a white coffee. Uh I can't remember exactly what it was. Anyway, it didn't taste as much. It wasn't strong. That's okay. That's okay. If you like the the sugar drinks, that's, I think, most people that go to Starbucks, they're not really coffee people. Oh, Starbucks still tastes so much. It's so strong of coffee. mm, They do have, they have that more bitter, burnt taste. They, that's why they came out with the blonde, so that people had the option of the less people like strong me. coffee flavor. Dutch Bros, though. That, yeah. that, that, no, I, that, I like, did it like right. Dutch Bros. Now, if anybody comes out to the Northwest, they have been growing quite substantially. And it's a fun environment, Dutch Bros. They play loud music. They make it oh. a party. It's a completely different environment compared to Starbucks, for instance. So they definitely make it fun. And whenever okay, they the open. The Dutch Bros I went to in Oregon was not that type of environment. It was just like. Oh, little, then they were doing it was just it like wrong. the little drive through on the sides. It was very. Uh, they mostly are, but they usually are having the music blaring and. Maybe, maybe that happened. I don't dancing. remember. I just remember loving the coffee. Okay. Yeah. 
Sorry about that. Yeah, so you come out here, check out Dutch Bros. We have a lot of coffee options, though. Okay. For sure. What's your favorite? What's my favorite? You know what? I really... What I find is I really like drip coffee, but I'll ha- I like it lots of different ways. I like it as a pour over. I like it as a French press. I like it, oh. but I typically don't really put anything in my coffee. If it's a good coffee, I find that you can drink it just black. That's like, that's too much. My husband does that though. <laughs> He's completely black, nothing in it. I'm just like, oh, that's just not gonna yeah. work you can't taste the true nature of the coffee when you got which a bunch is, of stuff in it which is fine but the key is you got to try the good stuff there's some good okay coffee out there. I, yeah. that's it i haven't been trying go to seattle get a yeah. good brew just go to the grocery store here and there's all kinds of options okay. on so. my next trip i'm on it yeah for sure amber thank you so much for being on boss talks episode 15 super excited to hit the 15 mark Congratulations. Thank you. And anybody that's watching, anybody that watches in the future, if you want to be on Boss Talks like Amber, jump out of your comfort zone. Give give yourself the opportunity to be out there, be known, be put on a pedestal for 30 minutes and let people hear your story. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boss Talks podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out via email at info at communityboss.com. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to like, share, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also watch the podcast live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Community Boss LinkedIn or Facebook pages. Until next time, manage like a boss.